Chapter 15 The positive vibe I'd started the day with dropped through the floor. Nervously, I picked up the phone. Hello? Hey, sexy. Got a favor to ask. It was Alicia, purring at me from the other end of the line. Yeah, what's that? Can we change our date night? I've got a grand jury case first thing Thursday morning and I need to meet with my staff. I'm figuring on working late both Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Relief surged through me. Sure, we can put it off as long as you need to. No, Fitz, I know you. The more this gets put off, the more we avoid figuring it all out. How about tonight? Six o'clock in my place, just like we'd originally planned. I was silent. I wouldn't be ready for this on any day of the week. She was right on that point. First chance I got, I'd come up with an excuse to cancel. I needed to send her back into probate boy's arms before I ruined her life. I couldn't see anyone in my life other than Gracie, and now that she was gone, the odds of anyone else measuring up were small indeed. No sense in putting Alicia through that. Yeah, this needed to be dealt with. Sure, I'll see you at six. Alicia's apartment was up in the hills above Fawcettville, a modern, slick complex with lots of glass, fancy landscaping, and rents higher than most new Tivoli mortgage payments. Most of the folks who lived here did so for two reasons. They were young professionals looking to move up in their career, or they were looking to buy one of the big fancy houses that surrounded the complex. These apartments housed the new doctors, the young lawyers, the up-and-comers, and the soon-to-make-their-mark-and-move-on types. Alicia met me at the door of her apartment, dressed in a clingy white t-shirt and a black double-knit A-line skirt, probably what she'd worn to work that day. Black stilettos lay on their sides just inside the front door. She was barefoot, and her toenails were painted bright red. Hey. We hugged briefly. Her warm smell and soft skin didn't entice me. It terrified me. I thought I'd make dinner. Some steaks, baked potatoes, a spinach salad. Nothing too involved. A kind of guy meal. Something you'd appreciate. <clears throat> yeah, uh, thanks. Alicia gestured toward the lime green modern couch and the glass-topped coffee table, where two wine glasses and a bottle of red sat next to an overburdened antipasto platter of black olives, Genoa salami, slices of crusty bread, and manchego cheese rolled in rosemary. I could tell by the mix that she picked it up at the Italian grocery down the street from Puccini's coffee house in New Tivoli. She probably asked old Vito Michelli himself to put it together for her. If I looked, I bet it would have found the plastic takeout boxes with his store logo in her trash can or fridge. Well, she was trying. After all, it took Gracie a couple years and Ma's special recipe to learn to make a decent marinara sauce, much less put together a decent plate of antipasto. Wait a minute. Slow down, old man. Jumping the gun a bit, aren't you? You're here to let her know this can't go any further. I took a seat. My eyes swept the room. There was a huge bronze sunburst above the gray marble gas fireplace. Two wooden candlesticks painted turquoise resting on either edge of the mantel. Gray side chairs clustered at one end of the couch and... Hanging over them was a large chrome lamp with multiple glass globes arching from its base like a fireworks display. The place felt cold and sterile. Suddenly, I missed the warm, worn couch and the mismatched kitchen chairs or sitting in the recliner frayed at the back from Mozart's persistent claw sharpening. 
Why would I react like this? I'd been in Alicia's apartment several times on cases. This furniture wasn't new to me, nor was her style. I knew the kitchen was filled with fancy stainless steel appliances, white cabinets, and granite countertops right out of some designer's showcase. I hadn't reacted this strongly before. In fact, I had hardly cared at all at the time. Why now? What was I afraid of? I was afraid of what I was about to do. That's what I feared. I would enjoy her steak. We would talk about everything we always wanted to talk about, and then, gently, I would let her know this would never work out between us. She would be pissed. She would be hurt. But in the long run, it would be better for both of us. Alicia poured a glass of wine and handed it to me. She moved closer, tracing the shoulder seam on my shirt with her finger. So, how was your day? Everything changed. Everything changed in that one simple sentence, made up of five little words that I missed hearing each and every day, and opening an emotional debate I wasn't yet ready to have. You could have that again. You could have someone here asking those same comfortable questions every night when you came home. Somebody who could listen when you needed to bitch. Someone there, really there. You could stop leaning against a cold door when you needed a shoulder instead. You could have someone in your life again. No. No, I couldn't. Bringing someone into my life again means Gracie is pushed into the background, maybe even forgotten. I could never forget Gracie. Had a guy's check bounce on me, but he made it good. I sipped at the wine. There was an awkward silence. <clears throat> so, uh, where's that mastiff of yours? Sadie? Back in the guest bedroom in her crate? She loves you, but I thought she'd slobber all over you, and I didn't want that to happen. Her voice took on a sultry tone. If anyone was going to slobber on you, it was going to be me. Another uncomfortable silence settled between us. This time I took a gulp. A big gulp of wine. So what's your grand jury case about? Some treasurer embezzled 20000 from one of the churches in town. Sounds pretty cut and dried. Maybe. Maybe not. She had help from one of the members. That's why we're working late tomorrow and Wednesday to finish the details of that second case. We want to make sure we've got all the angles covered before we present it. This goes no further, you understand. The news is going to explode when the indictments come out. Have you heard from Sarah Pelfrey? I know Barnes is still looking for her. As a matter of fact, Counselor, I did. I dumped that case like a hot rock. Told her she needed to get a lawyer and go talk to him. Soon. Good. I'd hate to charge you with obstruction. And I want to hang on to my license. I refuse to hear any details about her involvement with the car fire or the body in the trunk. Hopefully she and her lawyer, whoever that poor bastard turns out to be, will be in touch with Barnes before too much longer. Speaking of Barnes, have the police gotten any idea on the body in the trunk? Anything concrete? He told me they confirmed it was male pelvis and they're tracing the serial numbers on the breast implants. Alicia sipped her wine and nodded her head. That's about where the case stands, from what I know. Anyone show up to claim the body or question whether it was a family member? No. Now, Fitz, we're not going to sit here and talk shop all night. We're here to enjoy ourselves, right? Her fingers walked across my shoulder again. I was frightened by my sudden need to lean in, to kiss her lips and touch her face. She seemed to sense my desire and my fear. We both leaned back toward our respective sides of the couch, pugilists retreating to our separate corners. I reached for a black olive and popped it into my mouth, followed by a piece of salami. Alicia watched me, smiling. 
You know, you're probably the sexiest guy I've ever met here in Fawcettville. I laughed, hoping to hide my discomfort. That's not saying a lot for F-Town, is it? Come on. You know the first time I laid eyes on you, I wanted you. And the first time you said that, you scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I'm not the most subtle person when I see something I want. She came out of her corner of the couch and kissed my cheek. Then stood up, smoothing her skirt. Come into the kitchen with me while I start dinner. Bring your wine with you. Time to let her down easy. Listen, Alicia, there's something we seriously need to talk about. I started walking behind her. You're not getting out of this one, Fitz. She didn't turn around, waltzing into the kitchen. She pulled the steaks wrapped in white butcher paper from the fridge. I grabbed her shoulders and spun her around. No, Alicia, I mean this. I can't get involved with you on the level you want me to. I... Uh, I stammered. My arms fell helplessly to my sides. I could feel tears rising in my eyes as I tried to blink them back. It's... It's Gracie. I feel like I'd be leaving her behind. Forgetting her, you know? Alicia sat the stakes on the granite counter and wrapped her arms around my neck. Oh, no. I would never want you to forget Gracie. She's a big part of you. You were devoted to her. I know you were. Any woman would love to have a man who adored her the way that you adored Gracie. I guess that's true. For Christ's sake, I'm not expecting a marriage proposal after one steak dinner. Relax. She drew me close, punctuating each word with a kiss. We're just going to see where this goes. With the last brush of her lips on mine, all my resistance fell away and desire took over. I drew her tightly to me and slid my lips to her jawline, down to her collarbone, and back to her lips. She inhaled sharply as my hand slid beneath her t-shirt, and we both knew whatever happened next was beyond both our control. My hands moved from inside her shirt down to her soft, round bottom. I grabbed both her buttocks and she gasped as I lifted her onto the kitchen counter in one sharp move. The stakes fell to the floor and she giggled. What the hell was I doing? I would regret this, just like I did five days ago. Or would I? Who cares? I buried my face between her breasts. She pulled me tight, moaning, soft encouragements. She pulled away long enough to take off her glasses, then lift her t-shirt over her head. Her plump breasts, soft to the touch, filled the white lacy bra. I reached back to unsnap it. Wait a minute. She slid off the counter and took my hand. She led me back through the living room down the hall and into her bedroom. From behind the adjacent door, I heard Sadie whine and the sound of paws scratching. What about the dog? Our lips met once more and she used her bare foot to push the door closed. What about the dog? Her hands tore at my shirt, frantically undoing the buttons. She okay? You're sure she's still in her crate? She's fine, Fitz. She's fine. Worry about me. We moved toward the bed like two dancers in perfect rhythm. She made a small gasp as her legs hit the edge of the queen-size mattress. Her back arched as I pulled her hips against mine, clutching hungry handfuls of sweet, soft flesh. I slid the zipper of her skirt down to the small of her back. As it fell to the floor, we sank together onto the mattress. I reached beneath her to unfasten her bra, moving along her body in a primal search down her breasts and belly to the black satin of her panties. 
Gripping her ass with both hands, I buried my face in the shimmering valley between her thighs. She shuddered and moaned and locked her fingers in my hair. Please, Fitz, please. Hang on a minute. She grasped for me as I pulled away. Wait, wait, where are you going? She rolled over on the bed, her eyes begging me to return. You're not leaving, are you, Fitz? Where are you going? In a few steps, I was at the door. I flipped the light switch, darkening the room. I was beyond rational thought, beyond my grief over Gracie, and beyond my fear of what might happen next. I needed the touch of a woman. I needed the feel of skin on skin. I needed intimacy. I needed passion and release. I needed Alicia, and I needed her now. I'm not going anywhere, baby. We're both going to remember what happens here tonight. The moon was shining through the window as Alicia's voice came through the bedroom door. Damn it, Sadie. I rolled over beneath the stylish, puffy comforter as the red numbers on the bedside alarm clock came into focus. It was nearly 10.30, and my stomach was rumbling from hunger. I ran my hands over my face and sat up. What is it? Everything okay? Light from the hallway blinded me momentarily as the door swung open, and Alicia's bathrobe-clad curves filled the doorway. I'm sorry, did I wake you up? She came into the bedroom and sat down next to me. Her hair was damp and pulled back into a ponytail. She had her glasses back on. Sadie got out of her crate at some point, managed to get that bedroom door open. Apparently I didn't have either fastened all the way. Then she thoroughly enjoyed both of those steaks I bought for dinner. I laughed and ran my hand up her arm. The ones that fell on the floor. Yeah, those. She lay down on the bed, curling up beneath my arm and making the same satisfied sounds I heard just last week. But why didn't I share that feeling? Was rationality beginning to creep back in? Was I still afraid I'd lose the memory of Gracie? Even Alicia said it was okay to be uncertain. Then why was I still so uncomfortable? Maybe that was what Josie meant when she said that some days were worse than others. Maybe this was just part of the process of moving on. Then why did I feel so guilty? Could Alicia tell what I was thinking? Damn, I'm starved. I thought maybe we could cook those up. I planted a kiss on her forehead, as much to assuage any fears she might have, along with my own. I am too. All I have is some leftover pad thai from the carryout down the street and that salad I bought at Michelli's for dinner. And cereal. Lots of cereal. Don't you cook? Hell no, I don't cook. With my crazy hours, I'm the takeout queen. Gracie could replicate Ma's marinara nearly as well as my sister's and knew more ways to cook chicken than anyone else I knew. She got me to eat Brussels sprouts, even tofu once, and... The words were out of my mouth before I knew it. I stopped and looked down. Behind her glasses, Alicia's eyes were wide, even in the dark. I I'm sorry. That's uh, insensitive of me. No, no, don't let it bother you. Now you've done it. Alicia, I I'm sorry. Like I said, Gracie was a part of your life. I can't ask you to never talk about her. You've got a lot of memories, and you should be comfortable sharing them. She hugged me. But something in her voice made me feel like she didn't believe a word of what she'd just said. How about we hop in the shower together, and then heat up that carryout you've got? 
She smiled, but pushed me away and sat up. I've already showered, sorry. Why don't you go ahead and shower, though, and when you get out, I'll have something ready to eat. My thoughts raced as the shower's hot water coursed over me. She was pushing me out the door. I'd blown it. And suddenly, I wasn't sure that I'd wanted to. I had meant to send her back into the arms of that Akron lawyer, right? Yeah, but the plan was to let her down slowly, gently, not end up in the sack with her and then hold her in my arms and talk about what a wonderful cook my dead wife was. Jesus, how stupid was I? No wonder Josie had stayed single all those years after losing her husband. This dating shit was a minefield. Maybe I was just too old to start again. Maybe that's what I had proved here tonight. To myself and to Alicia. I stepped from the shower and dried off, finger combing my graying black hair. I got dressed. Maybe it was best I didn't spend the rest of the night here. I opened the bathroom door and followed the scent of spicy Thai food into the kitchen where Alicia had a plate and a beer waiting for me. She sat on the kitchen counter, eating a bowl of cereal. Her mouth was full. She waved her spoon at me. Hey, she said after swallowing. There was just enough for one person, so I thought it was polite to give it to you. You didn't need to do that. We were silent as we both finished our food. I finally spoke. I'm thinking I probably ought to head home. Yeah. She seemed relieved that I brought it up first. I've heard you complain about how small this town really is. We could be opening ourselves up for some serious crap if someone saw you leaving here in the morning. Yeah, you're right. I've been the center of enough gossip. No need in dragging you down with me. I think I owe you an apology, though, before I go. For what? You know what for. For talking about Gracie like I did. That would have been more appropriate someplace other than the bedroom. Maybe so, Fitz, but I'm not going to hold it against you. Not this time. So, you want to try it again, then? Wait a minute, asshole. A minute ago, you weren't sure you ever wanted to date again. I spoke back to the voice in my head. Maybe this whole thing was like riding a bike. The more I did it, the easier it got. Maybe I really didn't want to send Alicia back to probate boy. Maybe I was more ready than I thought. Maybe I just had to push through all the uncertainty and fear and jump back in. She pushed her glasses up her nose and smiled as she chewed on another mouthful of cereal. Sure, Fitz. I'd love to.